Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hey, there, there's no awesome intro? Siege, we're just live, just like that? On the web. Right. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roadnews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Road News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Yeah, buddy. Wow. You just scored a bunch of cool points there. That, a lot of cool points. Amazing. Anyway, folks, this is a great game with my main man, our main dude, Matthew Errett is here. You can find him over at CanadianPatriot.org, CanadianPatriot.org, as well as RisingTieFoundation.net, RisingTieFoundation.net, as well as Matthew Errett on Substack. And you better make sure you go purchase those books that he just launched. Make sure you get his book. Very important. Gifted to your friends. Gifted to your friends. Your friends are out there. You have friends and family that are moping about on the dark. They're on the floor, on their knees, and they're just groping all over the place trying to find out what the hell is going on. Where the where does civilization go? And why is the world turned upside down? Matthew Eric's book will give you the play-by-play, the foundation as to how this whole entire crazy thing came to play and what is the true American system, which is the open modular economic system that benefits all mankind and with that being said matthew Arad, what's up buddy how are you hey not much thank you for that amazing intro as always and try. Uh, yeah we don't really have too much um crystallized as a formal structure today so yeah i figured you know we've we've improvised before so we'll do it again there's obviously a lot of absurdity in this uh bizarro world of ours and uh, and a lot of good that, uh, that a lot of people i don't think are able to see very clearly because Obviously, if you're just sort of in the in the news stream, you know, in in our local part of the transatlantic basket case community, just watching what we're being fed, um, even in the alternative media, there's not a lot of awareness or proper understanding of the global chemistry. What is the nature of the the battle internationally? Um, so I think the idea right now that I was playing with was just absurdities, like what, how not to be morally fit to survive. Because you know we, we just came out of this this democracy summit that ended a few days ago that that Biden the the the, the prophet and beacon for hope and democracy and freedom and peace just he, he is the epitome he is he is Salon he is Aristotle and Plato all in one he is the epitome of Western civilization right there the embodiment of it all the leader of the free world President Joe Brandon <laughs> yeah this is. And he had the the wits, the 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 great sage uh, insight to exclude half of the world's population from this democracy summit, um, which is just a joke, and uh, and it really just sort of set, I think, the 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 stage for the understanding that you have natural law, right? That there is this thing called natural law embedded in the fabric of the universe, and nations and societies that don't collapse they don't collapse because they conform their their laws to those laws that are already there in nature and and martin luther king talked about this all the great uh minds who moved history in a good direction understood this in varying ways and came at this with their own language but basically if you pass laws that are made by human beings because animals they just abide by the laws that were there in their dna and in the environment right it's not bad or good it's just they're they're animals they don't do moral uh philosophizing or you know Human beings can, we have our biological laws, we have those things, but we also are a creature of creative wisdom and metaphysics. We have this other aspect to ourselves, which transcends the law of the jungle. And when we choose to change our laws, they could be changed for either the better, which we we have examples in history where things got better, where laws were improved, old laws that were maybe supportive of uh, slavery or something regressive were thrown in the scrap bin 
usually with always actually i would say with a fight and better laws that were more in conformity with the emancipation the the the, the need for freedom that is embedded within the human condition regardless of what culture you're from that that was what replaced those old laws and the effect was always you you could sustain more people at a better quality of of living standards you people were had access to greater satisfaction being who they were having a family not being afraid of the future understanding and cherishing the past. that's all good so you have that but not in our part of the world you know when you when you look at the young people in china uh it's a very different type of outlook about what the future is what they they are as far as a self-identity in general mm -hmm. um you know there's a patriotism that's i think viable there's an idea that it's great to to want to be an astronaut or a scientist um that's all that's generally very very healthy um whereas the the cultural optimism when you ask most young people today what they think of the the future in the next 30 40 years it's generally we'll all be dead by global warming or nuclear war Eight years, um, Matthew. You're being too generous. It's eight years. AOC has given us eight years. Really? She she right. came out of her she came out of her her uh, her master closet, her dressing closet, and she saw she saw her shadow on the floor, and has given us eight more years of life on Earth before climate change wipes us out. Right. I guess she's getting. This is why we, by, we uh, need the Green New Deal, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, well, her her advisor is obviously the the great scientists, the great climate scientists of perpetually 14 year old Greta Thunberg and uh, and Prince Charles one of the most brilliant brains of our generation is Greta oh, Thunberg yeah. now you might talk about these Chinese kids with their great culture and this that, and the other I present to you Greta Thunberg yeah blah 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 <laughs> words for the ages <laughs> I want that to be written on her headstone <laughs> mm. oh, my God. blah 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it's amazing, right? So you got Russia, you got China, you got a general orientation towards the future, towards wanting to survive. You've got projects to back up and give expression to that aspiration. The, obviously people know about the Belt and Road Initiative, which is transforming with three different corridors, east to west, the, the entire Middle East has been given new hope. We talked about this last week. Iran is now on board. Uh, obviously these guys are, all, none of them are invited to the, the democracy summit. Um, you have a third corridor uh, that's emerged with the Persian Gulf Black Sea International Corridor that Iran is now spearheading in diplomatic maneuver. I mean, we're seeing such a a incredible transformation. There, there she is. There's that girl. All right. Yeah, ch chastising the world's leaders again for yeah. And also and, you know, the Western leaders, they yeah. love it. They're such they're such uh, masochists. Oh, you know, really they, 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 they love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really a uh, yeah, uh, like you said, it's it's a it's a self whipping thing, eh? Like we've been bad, we've been we've been pollution sinners, and so whip us, Greta, whip us. It, it's it's, it's uh, govern us harder, Daddy, as the meme yeah. is saying. You know, lock us down harder, Daddy. <laughs> really, it is. It does have it that subconscious element to it. It's it's it is creepy. We are the poster childs of self emulation, Matt. I mean, that's what we are in the West. When you when you really think about it, man. This is because we've lost culture. Mm -hmm. This yes. is the whole point. This this is why it's like you have the contemporary left, which is completely cultureless, that base their entire life existence on microaggressions and the discovering of multiple genders. And then you have the right, which is like, hey, the economy is great, right? Just the economy yeah. is great, right? Yeah. Based on a fictitious stock number. But what is missing between the two groups is culture. Yeah. There's no culture. And this is why countries that are pushing back against this, this Malthusian worldview are countries that are strong on culture. It's the only way to win. Unless we win back our culture in the West, we're finished. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. There's Well, that's the reason why the, the institutions of nationalism and the family and religion were so targeted by the uh, the networks that were you know being used around MKUltra, the Tavistock Institute from London, the uh, Psychological Warfare Division of the British Empire back in the 1930s, doing you know work on shell shock and trying to figure out how they could better strip somebody of their of their ego and personality and then reconstruct them in the image of social engineers who want to reconstruct society as a whole. Their idea was to always do this this type of you know shock therapy with psychedelic sensory deprivation, all of these weird things. Uh, to individuals and and then smaller groups in order to extend it to the whole of society is more broadly and their idea was always the the primary uh 
obstacles to our achieving this type of scientific success is the pervasive belief in nationalism, some sort of a faith in something bigger than yourself, um, a, a faith in your family and faith in your religious institutions, which tie you again to something much, much bigger and also not only in space, but also metaphysically to something in terms of your idea of the health of your soul, which good culture, I mean, all really, really qual like quality culture has within it, whether we're talking about painting, look at a, a painting by Rembrandt or listen to a Mozart Requiem or uh, the Ave Verum Corpus as a, as a piece of music, or you could, you know, see it even in dance as what, what makes quality culture uh, quality culture and something which is has been targeted for destruction over the much of I mean human history, but especially the Cold War was a big one. Um, is the fact that it's rooted in an idea that there is a an a, a beauty that goes deeper than the senses that we you know the image that the senses can 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 pick up of symmetry and beauty may or may not actually have ugliness embedded behind it because you know. Yeah, good guys don't always wear white, as they say, right? Black, mm -hmm. Bad guys don't always wear black. Um, but you can always dupe people if you get them to believe that their senses is all that they have to access the idea of, of goodness and beauty and truth. And if it's your senses, you're always going to be a fool. You'll always be a mob believing in the shadows being controlled. Um, because again, you could wrap um, evil and you could wrap ugliness around a beautiful flowery type of uh, imagery through speech. That's where, you know, sophistry was such a poison and rot of ancient Athens is what Pla Plato was was annihilating in every single one of his dialogues is the idea that you know you could have a beautiful speech but still have an ugly intention which is invisible unless you are learning to see through the mind's eye and not through your actual physical eyes and then you could judge if you have a proper love for humanity and the potential that we are you could then judge right and wrong or a fallacious line of thinking that might sound pretty versus um you know sometimes people say things that don't sound nice they don't have the art of speech but they have an honest and good intention and you would want to work with them versus let's say you know vote for obama or something um biden is a bit of an anomaly uh he that that's <laughs> he doesn't know how to speak and i don't know how the hell that happened but uh, that's a sign of the decay of the culture he's an amazing consumer of ice cream though he really is and maybe that was we, we've regressed to such a point that no longer do we can we be swayed by uh, aud aud audible uh, image or beauty, beautiful wording. But now we just need our, our gut and our tongues to be uh, vicariously sat you know, satisfied by watching some old guy <laughs> sucking back ice cream. And that's all we need to to judge that we want to vote for somebody and that they're good. They trust we, we, we could trust. Oh, yeah, them. It's like Warren Buffett with the cherry Coke. Right. And he's got a little ice cream pop and. Look, it's a little harmless Warren Buffett. You know, it's this this imagery of you can trust him. It's grandpa. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah right. Look, he's exactly. having ice cream with the kids. Uh -huh. Yeah, I I like ice cream too. I guess we're the same. I, we could trust him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. But so yeah, I mean, you could just see this completely where there there is a, a sense. I mean, the, the absurdity. You know, in um, the priorities are all weird. We got an energy crisis, right? Like people are going to die. They already are dying. We got an economic crisis. It's a, it's a bubble economy with no ability to produce for, for our needs. We, we, we went for over 40, 50 years, we went for becoming a, a consumer society. And in spite of the energy crisis uh, across Europe, you know, 300, 200, 300% increases in energy prices. And we're going into winter. People are going to die. Um, despite that, the sorts of things we see coming out of the European Union are such absurd detachment, such a such a detachment of reality where Vanderleyen is calling for uh, Vanderleyen, sorry, the EU uh, president or whatever she is, she's calling for mandatory vaccinations to start uh, getting underway, like get the dialogue going to start preparing the mind of the Europeans for that. And these are the the bastions of democracy and freedom. Whereas in Russia, the the authoritarian big bad Russia, their their government just two days ago intervened into the moscow duma to force the 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 extract the uh the shutdown of the mandatory vaccination bill that was about to go into law they were about to do do that in russia because there is a deep state in russia and putin basically intervened directly saying no this is unconstitutional and shut it down in china where you had local authorities at various times throughout the past eight months try to pass mandatory vaccination programs 
um, the, the evil, big, bad authoritarian CPC, uh, Chinese uh, Communist Party of China, intervened as those bad guys to say that, no, you're not allowed to do that. This is this is by consent. How of dare people. they? And the worst part is they're not using mRNA technology. They're not using the mRNA oh, yeah. technology on their people. How evil of them. How I evil. Know. Oh, so, so communist bastards. Yeah. Only us in the free West, especially the, 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 the poster child of freedom these days, uh, Australia. A wonderful oh. poster child of freedom. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where people are lighting themselves on fire at a protest because there's no future and you can go to a freaking quarantine camp. Um, if you've been around somebody who coughed, who might have had a, a PCR test that came up positive in a that happened a to a. I was actually doing an, an article on this gentleman um, this morning, where this kid, this young guy, he he was COVID negative, but he just happened to be in a flower shop where Omicron was detected, and that was it. That's, that's they it. literally pulled up a police paddy wagon to his front uh, to the front of his apartment and dragged him out. Threw yeah, him in yeah. there, and he had to go to a quarantine center for two weeks. Well, you know what's what's there's it's so discombobulated um, because you you have on top of during during the whole COVID pandemic thing for the past two two surreal years, you've had a lot of insidious euthanasia bills that have also been passed across Australia. They had they had basically there's nobody to debate these things. No one's paying attention, so they're they're just shoving all of the stuff they weren't able to get passed into law for the past decades. Because there was still a certain sense that there is such such a thing as um, the sacredness of life, and that this could feasibly easily be abused by a technocratic management. You know, I'm not I'm not intrinsically against all forms of euthanasia, but when you have it being applied for the purpose of saving money by people who are obsessed with population reduction, you know that this is going to not go well. So they they passed this stuff in Canada, in the United States. It's it's embedded in in uh, Biden's reforms in the in his uh, COVID bills in Australia, across the Five Eyes especially. And now you got this weird thing that's just been announced in Germany, where in order to to be a uh, to get euthanized and be on on the the German euthanize euthanasia waiting list. You hear about this? You, you, you have to be what? vaccinated. You have to be vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way, dude! You're kidding me. Yeah, I mean, this hot on the heels when the when the German army was marching in the Nazi regalia with the with the with the torches. Did you see that that video picture? No, I didn't see that one. Oh my God, CJ! I don't know if you're able to find that while we talk. The with the with the German militaries, middle of the night, they were, they look like they they had like uh, uh, torches and they're marching in the middle of the night. With they had like stormtrooper helmets on. It was. Well, and this was the official German military. I don't the get official it. German military. They were celebrating. It, it, this is hot on the heels of that, man. It's oh, wow. Yeah, that's 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 messed up. Yeah, and the fuel the fuel would be proud. Absolutely. I mean, my God, they're so it's so uh, loving of them to, you know. I mean, what what's next? They're gonna they're gonna sterilize the needles before they inject you. <laughs> there it is. Look at that. Oh, that's got to be like a no. Kiev uh, neo-Nazi. <laughs> no, nope. that's actually the Wehrmacht. That is the German oh, wow. military. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. Dude. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's ominous. We this is what the West is going into. Yeah, Goering is is smiling right now. Oh my god, man. All it took was for feminism and uh and a generation or two of people being fed soy, and this is what happens. That's it. And then rename yeah. the flu. And <laughs> you collapse civilization. It's brilliant. Yeah, who would have thought, eh? That was that was not linear. <laughs> but yeah, you you have all of these these strange exemplars of of just our inability to to prioritize what is uh what are what is value what is what is not only economic value but what are values in generally like and 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 you know it, amidst this whole uh, COVID shutdown that's so devastated the economy, Britain um, there's a couple of things, uh, Fort what is it Fordham University in Britain, they just mm -hmm. um, said okay well since all of our students. Are, um, are, are are struggling so badly to pay their bills, and so many of them are being forced to go into prostitution now. Um, they said, okay, the solution to that isn't going to be to, uh, to reduce the tuition fees. It's going to be to offer courses on how to be to no. do prostitution safely. No, 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 yeah. no. So they're not creating courses for their students no. so that they know how to, how to, I guess, find the right pimp that's going to treat them well, or I don't know. 
Hello, class. We are here to discuss on this edition of Find the Right Pimp 101. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, it's only right proper <laughs> use of prophylactics and the birth control pill. Then we will learn terminology. <laughs> and it would just be so easy, eh? Like, it would all oh these problems. Oh, my God. This is, really this is the what, dude, this is what we've. Oh my God! This is this. Is, so this is the inheritors of Western civilization. It's this. Yeah. Wow. These are the inheritors. The 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 other thing that I just saw that that also also Britain in London, um, the uh, a major court case was was just one. This is the last one I'll say as far as like the inheritors of of the freedom and democracy and the greatest the greatest exemplars of civilization. Uh, there was a court case one which sets a crazy precedent this week, where um. A girl who is a uh, she's a professional horse jumper or whatever they are. Yeah, you know, that's her job. They wear the funny hat. They they yeah. jump over things. Um, and and she gets paid a lot of money. But anyway, she sued her mom's obstetrician, um, for not having prescribed the mother, or, or recommended to the mother in two thousand and one, not to uh, give birth because this girl who's maybe 18 or 19 has a birth defect of a, uh, of a spinal deformity, uh, deformity. Oh, okay. All right. Scoliosis or something. They're a pretty good life, but whatever. I mean, she, she has a, a spinal deformity. She's got to like be, you know, in receive medical treatment like a couple times every week. And, uh, it's caused her such anxiety and stress that she sued the obstetrician and has won the Supreme court just, uh, or the, the superior court in Britain came down in her favor saying now that the, she will have a windfall of millions of dollars that the obstetrician has to pay her for having be, letting her be born. She would have, the, he was guilty of doing something that resulted in this girl being born. And her existence is now the basis of this guy having lost a lawsuit and having to pay Bro. out millions, which now Bro. creates a precedent. And they're saying, oh, this is wonderful that now we have a new legal basis for future cases for people who want to make some money, I guess. Uh, because they shouldn't have been born. They just shouldn't have been born. And we're going to pay them for having been born uh, when they didn't want to be. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was the most. That was the. I was. I was. I was knocked off the seat. Uh, I just saw that five minutes before our show started, so I just had to get that out. And these are the. Again, the the. You know, they're it, it, trying to tell the world what to do to be reasonable, freedom-loving democracies. Yeah, this is Proverbs 36 in the Bible. It says this, but he who fails to find me injures himself, right? And all who hate me love death. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what's become of our society, man? You know what I'm saying? It's like it's a, we've lost culture. And when you lose culture, you lose the very spirit for a civilization to thrive, to achieve, to progress, to have innovation, to really push the envelope of human development. Yeah. And now we're all they want us to be all nihilists. They all want they all want us to be whores and nihilists. That's what they yeah. want us to be. All whores, all nihilists, all the time. And they worship death. Yeah. They worship death. They 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 look at it as the greatest form of achievement. It was like that professor many years ago who was the head professor of uh, of, of earth sciences in Texas, uh, in, uh, in 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 Texas University in Austin. Where he was talking about the wonders of euthanasia and pop depopulation is a great thing, and and how and he was he was saying this with tears in his eyes as, as he would be so enthralled and and moved with passion if he and his family could die first. Like this oh guy's crazy. God. And and what's his role? What he's a professor? He's a professor at, at like uh, I think Earth Sciences or something like that. I forgot the guy's name, but he was in uh, Texas University, UT Austin. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. God you know, Almighty. Yeah, you you hear this stuff, and and I, I think when the time comes, like these people, they talk a big talk, but when the time really comes for them to walk the walk, or yeah, at least like die die the death, yeah. you'll you'll find all sorts of squirming um, out of their uh, their professed principles, like you know, what was his name, um, Ezekiel Emmanuel, uh, making such a big hullabaloo about how how much he wants to die when he's seventy five. Um, and he's like, no matter what, I won't get medical treatment. I'm just going to let nature take its course at 75. That's my cutoff point. And I'm just going to like go and sit sit on an iceberg practically and just wait for nature to like do its job. Um, but he, he wrote that when he was like, you know, 60 or something. 
and uh, the clock's ticking. He's getting closer to that cutoff age, and I'm yeah. pretty sure. Meanwhile, he's sipping caviar and champagne, hanging out in somewhere in the Caribbean. Yeah, you know. <laughs> possibly fondling a little boy, for all we know. Probably, yeah, yeah, getting some, anyway, all sorts of weird, nefarious treatments to to keep himself alive. Because ultimately, yeah, these, these people who don't have a sense of the existence of their own soul, with whether or not they had access to it, maybe when they were babies, you know, we all have a soul, otherwise... You don't really, you're not able to function to make judgments of things that are beyond the senses. There must be something metaphysical that is beyond simply the the sum total of the, the atoms that make us up. It's a, that's, that's, or you could prove that in a variety of ways, but anybody who doesn't situate their identity in that, in that sense of, of soul in a real sense that it could be made healthier or sicker, depending upon the choice you, choices you make to abide by or ignore your conscience which presses upon you and gets weaker and weaker the more you deform your your identity in accordance with an empire. But you're afraid of death. Like you have no choice but to ultimately think that the purpose in life is your sensual pleasures. And thus the closer you you get to that bookend, the the weaker your sensual pleasures are and the and, more you afraid know, you are of the non-existence of the big abyss, which, which might have something hot 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 and sulfuric sulfuric waiting for you, maybe. Right. Uh, if right. you really lived your life in a in a misbegotten way, you know, which also brings us to the later cultural problem of what's happening with us in the West. When you look at all the policies made made by these old decrepit leaders, when it comes to COVID, when it comes to lockdowns, when it comes to mass mandates, when it comes to the 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 you know the the jab protocols and all this other stuff, right? We are literally sacrificing our young in order to save the old, and only a decrepit, backward and malevolent society would do such a stupid thing as sacrificing the young to save the old. No healthy, normal society does that. Not at all, yeah. No, there was a cartoon I just saw of like an old elderly guy, you know, uh, just walking down the the street with his cane, wearing a stab vest, which basically has like a little baby inside of it. Um, Which, I mean... The, the, the whole thing is, you know, these people are, are literally doing that. They're putting little children who have their whole lives ahead of them um, into a risky position where God knows what. I mean, we're already seeing terrible effects happen, especially amongst the younger and younger people who are, are receiving jabs, um, which never would have happened. I mean, the, the risk rate was nil, zero under the age of like 50. Your, your, your risk was hardly nothing, anything. And under 20, it was less than nothing. Um, as far as fatality was concerned, and now uh, post jab world, yeah, you're you're looking at five to twenty times increased rates of big problems, including the biggest problem. I'm I'm trying to be careful with my wording here. I know we're on YouTube, but um, yeah, I mean, we're these are this is the very opposite of what a society which is fit to survive will, would be doing. Um, and if we actually did care about the elderly we wouldn't be subjecting them to things like the oncoming uh, energy crisis, which always, I mean, there's always an, a, a problem with increased deaths in Europe for especially poor people um, living, you know, uh, pension check to pension check who can't always afford their electricity bills for heating. So you do have deaths in winter, but now you're going to have crazy amounts of deaths from the poorest of the elderly primarily and we would be able to solve that in a in a split second by just doing what Russia or China is doing to clamp down on speculation on oil uh, commodities markets. Um, you would be able to get rid of things like the Green New Deal, artificial reliance on windmills and solar solar panels, which are not giving off any reliable quality uh, electricity to sustain society, which all of Europe is being conditioned to do. They're being told to shut down their fossil fuel and their nuclear plants, which Germany is doing, many countries are doing. So they're creating artificial scarcity. Plus on top of that, they're trying, there's a lot of pressure to induce these countries of Europe in the cage, the NATO cage, including America too, to uh, cut off its access to Russian fuel, Nord Stream 2. There's a fight to to basically cut that off. There's a fight to shut off uh, access to um, oil, which is, which has, uh, Iran influencing its production and distribution, which is going on faster and faster. So they're creating scarcity. If they cared about old people, they would be doing none of that. They would easily be able to meet the energy crisis. We could have nearly free, abundant, clean, healthy energy for everybody. Um, but they don't care about old people. 
they actually that's why they were doing the euthanasia bills they want they're they're looking at a baby boomer demographic time bomb these social engineers trying to mend things like the great great reset and global vaccination campaigns i don't know if i just shouldn't have said that word jab campaigns too late no. um they're they're the ones who have been saying that the, we're overpopulated that we need to deal with the baby boomer demographic time bomb where by the last five years of your life these mathematicians are looking at you know how you use 80 percent of your healthcare uh services which are scarce and that right. we need these major health reforms to be able to better mitigate to give people maybe a sleeping pill um and an injection instead of paying for health you know expensive um, medical services in the last years of their life when they're relatively financially useless anyway. They're they're useless eaters or overhead. Um, just, just the same type of thinking that the Nazis had embodied when they were passing their tear garden for uh, health reforms in the 1930s. It's the same quality of cost benefit logic and no sense that th that human life is sacred and in incommensurable with monetary metrics. That, you know, monetary metrics you can use to judge whether you keep a car, throw a car away, or a chicken. If it's getting too old, do you want to keep it or you want to you want to eat it? Uh, you know, monetary metrics you can use that. When you try to extend that line of logic to measuring, do I keep grandma alive? You get into some serious fascist problems because it's not the same thing. You can't do that. Um, so they don't care about old people. They they and yet these old people who have been who have lived through one of the cushiest periods of human civilization didn't really experience world war ii they did get traumatized by seeing by sometimes experiencing the vietnam war and and in many cases seeing their loved ones and friends come back in body bags yeah. they, so i'm not trying to be heartless to the baby boomers here okay you, you went through a lot of stuff baby boomers i get it it was it was bad but you went through one of the cushiest times of human civilization's existence yeah the and, golden age the golden age of yeah, sex, drugs, rock and roll, free love, you name it. The me generation, 1980s, 1990s. It, it was it was an easygoing ride, and now, unfortunately, you've adapted to a world that had a consumer society cult basis to it. There was no, you know, as as they say in the Bible, uh, you know, without without a vision, the people perish. There was no yes. vision. It was stasis. It was hedonism. You adapted to those hedonism thing, uh, metrics. And now you're afraid of death to the point that you're willing to shut off your mental blinders and moral blinders to allow, you know, activities to go in that not only destroy your freedoms and your nations, but also the lives of young people um, who, are, who are not going to have a future in, in any way similar to the type of world you lived in when you were young, um, because we're basically saying, like, fascism is the new freedom and uh, and, you know, the Nuremberg codes that say that you have the, the right to um, not acquiesce to being a guinea pig in experimental therapies that that's part of the nuremberg laws the nuremberg codes that's being thrown in the, in the garbage now as people are being fed uh completely experimental genetic therapies right now that have never been tested properly on humans and uh, they're being told that they their entire not only livelihoods are going to be destroyed if they don't acquiesce and adapt to what master says but um but increasingly, it's looking more and more like there is a discussion to make this mandatory across the board under threat of God knows what. So, like, people need to really look inside right now and think, well, if we're the great freedom, freedom loving democracies, why is Russia the big authoritarians in China uh, not doing any of these things? <laughs> right? right. It's uh, like if China is the, the and this is the thing, too, right? We got Ukraine, you got Taiwan, you got Iran that are the, sort of the three major hotspots right now. Um, if China really is this big military power hungry for military dominance across the South China Sea, they want to so-called supposedly invade Taiwan. Uh, Russia has this military hunger that it wants to, like, take over. Uh, Ukraine just per, per, projection much? <laughs> like, why do these countries, like, China has one foreign base militarily outside of its border in Djibouti, or no, Addis Ababa um, in Ethiopia, which, by the way, is also targeted for regime change right now. Of course. The U.S. has what? You, you, you quoted me last time. Over 934 military bases in 139 countries. That's a stat to, to memorize. I guess. We're not an empire. No, not an empire. We're, we're, we're exactly, yeah, like really. And Russia, I'm not too sure about the quantity of their foreign bases. I don't know. They have, I, I think, maybe two or three. That's, that's maybe about two it. or three. You know, and they're small. Yeah. The big major one is uh, is the one in Syria, the naval base over there. That's it. 
Yeah, in Latakia, right? Or, yeah, or no, you got Yeah. Um, so yeah, you we're being still despite all of that, we're we're being told that we have to protect Taiwan, which is a part constitutionally of China. It is part of one China. It's it's there even in Taiwan's own constitution. It recognizes itself as a part, part of China. Of China. Um, but we're still being told we have to go in there militarily <clears throat> if needed and protect them from a big bad Chinese invasion, which there's not really been much evidence that there is any plans for that, except that China knows that the U.S. is pushing and inflaming separatist movements, independence movements in Taiwan, and is very interested in forward stationing of U.S. military bases with easily deployable nukes that could point directly at China uh, right there in their backyard. That's a concern that they Matt, have. You, you know, it's funny. It's, uh, you, you remember like uh, just a few months ago, even a few weeks ago, every day, Chinese aircraft has incurred into Taiwanese airspace. Mm. Uh, like it was a, it was like a week, it was like a weekly occurrence. Seventy Chinese aircraft have have uh, incurred into Taiwanese airspace. Oh my yes. God, the countries. And then the idiot Taiwanese uh, defense uh, uh, department drew out what their airspace is, mm-hmm. and I fell off the floor laughing. I actually showed it on the screen one time here on Rogue. Their airspace is drawn going all the way into mainland China. So the airplanes mm-hmm. that were that were penetrating Taiwanese airspace were in Chinese airspace. And they were literally like 100 miles off of Taiwan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that is, that is uh, putting aside the fact that as a part of another country is effectively like an autonomous province of another con- of, of a country there is no international legal recognition that you have the right to your own airspace. You are not a country that only works if you're a sovereign country, period. But right. yeah, then you have what you just said where, yeah, they're, they're declaring part of their airspace, Chinese mainland. Right. And you could look at the flight paths that have been published of where the Chinese uh, fighter jets have flown. And it's so far South far beyond reason um, outside of anything Taiwan might want to call actually of their their sphere of influence uh, interest it's crazy meanwhile you have canadian british and and american naval ships doing military exercises throughout the straits of taiwan um just saber rattling and saber rattling um and you know there's a uh the former security czar of uh of taiwan even just recently said if China did choose at any point that they've had enough and did just say, okay, we're going to go militarily and take over, we would be able to withstand it for about maybe a couple of hours and way before anybody would be able to come and back us up. Um, that's that's recognized. There's been war game scenarios that have been run by MIT, the RAND Corporation, that have been processing like different types of scenarios. All of which involve like what would happen if there was an actual hot war between the U.S., which has like over a hundred thousand troops and many military bases and submarines all over China's backyard in the Philippines and South Korea. They're reactivating uh, military pacts with Philip, uh, Philip, uh, yeah, Philippines in Japan. There's like fifty thousand. Um, so what would actually happen if a hot war broke out? In every single one of these scenarios all concluded that the U.S. would be wiped out within hours. Like there yeah. would be no chance. On top of the fact, I don't even think that they're that they're factoring in the hypersonic and next generation military response tech that China actually does have, right. as does Russia, which completely trumps anything that the West has. I don't right. even think that they're factoring those qualities into their their computer modeling. No, they're not. They're 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 these are people. This is why I, this is how I know that critically thinking people will win in the end. And they will be responsible for their own lives and getting them and their family and their loved ones out of harm's way. It's because of this. These morons who rule over these Western countries are a group of idiots who literally forecast into a vacuum. Their mm-hmm. modeling only works. I mean, I, it's literally the old adage of believing your own bullshit. It's the most dangerous level. That a, a nation could 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 achieve is when you believe your own bullshit, and that none of these models that they're putting out there are true whatsoever. And I'll tell you right now, man, it's like it's like that idiot Roger Wicker who who this week or last week was saying that uh, we need to have a first strike nuclear, uh, first uh, uh, a first strike case of with nuclear weapons against Russia if need be. 
I'm like, yeah. are you an idiot? Are you? He doesn't realize that by the time we launch, by the by the time our our our, our ICBMs are leaving the ground, Russia's already targeted us with hypersonics, and they'll be on top of us in about two to three minutes. Yeah, this is a senator, and he's part of I think uh, a major Senate, number two guy in the Senate uh, Judiciary or the or the or the, or the, uh, the Intelligence Committee. Yeah, like that's not a that's not just an any any old any old like. But he's uh, a lawyer, man. He's a lawyer. He knows all yeah, things. Yeah. You know that's yeah, yeah. all. He's you know he's a professional. He's a lawyer. He knows about uh, you know next generation weapons and tactics. He's a lawyer. Yeah, maybe one of his grandkids even let him play their uh, their video games sometimes. That's probably the closest thing to real military experience he's got. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like this guy and and Tulsi Gabbard came out. I don't know if you saw this on yeah, Carlson doing a really nice slap down, basically making the point that, yeah, like this guy is, must be either evil or a sociopath. And on top of that, yeah, great. You're going to like reserve the right for first strike nuclear weapons on Russia. Meanwhile, you're going to not only wipe out the entirety of like every major city in the United States and Russia, uh, but also the Ukrainians who you say you want to protect will be also mm. the first to be wiped out um, and our European allies like yeah, that's really the, the the path you want to go in, right? Um, there's a complete detachment from any sense of actual reality uh, because, you know, as we've, we've polemicized again, again, and again, and again, these guys not only believe their own hype, but they their minds have been wired under years of cybernetic systems analysis type of, of indoctrination, which has really taken over our foreign policy apparatus, our, our diplomatic core, a lot of the conditioning in school. I mean, schools as a whole, especially in poli-sci and, and almost every branch is affected by this. It began in the, in the 1960s in a serious way overseen by uh, the OECD, which had been run by people like Sir Alexander King, you know, the guy who sets up Club of Rome. And, and educational curriculums around the OECD countries after World War II, during the Cold War, were radically altered in order to bring in cybernetics and systems analysis which basically say that all systems can be modeled like a computer binary closed system right um, the human brain the human mind um human systems economics but also military systems uh, that's where game theory came out of uh is right. the theory of games and economic behavior by uh, oscar morgenstern and uh, john von neumann um people like norbert wiener um who developed the information theory that in, this is where uh, artificial intelligence theory, computer learning, that computers are, are not only just as good, but even better than the human mind because it can process faster and can engage in certain types of linear learning. Um, all of this came out of, again, I'll say it again, cybernetics systems analysis, which is effectively a running scenarios using probab probability theories. Um, to shape what your real world policies will be, despite the fact that the real world, the physical world of physical space time where justice, morality, gravity, all of these components of reality are non, they're non-linear, they're not binary ones and zeros. It's not a balanced equilibrium anywhere in the physical universe, which is creative change. We've seen that going on now. Everywhere you look, you will find evidence that there is order, reason, directionality and self-perfectability built into nature itself which these computer models cannot compute it doesn't make any sense so these people who might seem smart they got their phds sometimes um they're seemingly technocratic professionals they their minds have been conditioned by this process to have no bearing no Correct. coherence to reality itself which is why they make systemically not only folly, foolish decisions, but self-destructive decisions that will destroy themselves too. And they don't even realize they're not capable of being self-aware in that way. So it's a real, real pandemic of thinking, which, uh, I mean, that was always the effect. When you look at the people who had been promoting this type of restructuring of society during especially the Cold War, these were the same um, organizations that killed JFK. People like Alexander King worked very closely with Julian Huxley, with Prince Bernhardt, who set up the Bilderberger Group when they created together the World Wildlife Fund for Nature in 1961. This is the organization which, as an outgrowth, uh, outgrowth um, shifted society's values away from protecting human beings from empire, which it had been formerly what the American Revolution and, and the best of human civilization had always been about. 
towards saving nature from human beings. And mapping nature, the way that they did the sleight of hand is they said, okay, the way that we're now going to map nature is by saying, we're going to presume closed, pristine ecosystems that in their natural state, never change. They're just always the way we find them. A desert is, if we see a desert now, we have to presume its nature has always been and will always be a desert. And a, a, an Amazon rainforest or whatever is always that, despite the fact that deserts were not deserts. Once upon a time, deserts were once lush like the Sahara. Now it's not. Who's to say that making it green again is not natural? But they say it, that that's the case. Thus, any type with that belief, any type of human intervention using technological progress, like building a dam or desalinating ocean water, disturbs and offsets the equilibrium of nature. And thus it is unnatural and bad. So human, the human creative mentation itself became what, what is the enemy of nature, causing unnatural changes. And this is what JFK was resisting. Franklin Roosevelt, before JFK, was fighting against this type of, of, of cultish um, anti-humanism everywhere he was. Everywhere he was. Um, so this is the group that had created things like you know, I, we went through this a few weeks ago during the JFK uh, legacy presentation I did, but things like the one the 1001 Nature Trust that Prince Bernhard sets up to fund the World Wildlife Fund has within its originating members, uh, Maury Strong, the guy who goes on to be the vice president of the World Wildlife Fund for Nature and the entire like the granddaddy of the World Economic Forum, he, he which he co-founds with Klaus Schwab. He's been sort of like scrubbed out of the history, but it's there. Um, this is the guy who's like setting this thing up. You have Maurice Blumen Bloomfield, the, uh, uh, no, sorry, Louis Mortimer Bloomfield from the OSS at Dulles Boy, who worked with um, basically the, the British intelligence to run an assassination bureau called Permindex, which was caught red-handed funding the assassination attempts, at least two of them against Charles de Gaulle, and definitely ran the assassination um, apparatus around uh, Kennedy's own murder. And this is the guy who becomes a founding member of the 1001 Nature Trust and then a vice president of the World Wildlife Fund under Prince Philip after Maury Strong abdicates the role to go on and head Petro-Canada, which you're wondering, like, why are these guys who are calling themselves socialist, which is what Maury Strong did, he, but he, why are they also running these multi-billion dollar uh, petroleum industries, right? One of the, the presidents of, of, Shell, of World Wildlife Fund for nature before Prince Philip was John Loden, who was the president of Shell Dutch Oil. So why is it that these evil billion, you know, multi-billion dollar multinational oil cartels are being run by people who are also simultaneously running the environmental anti-oil organizations? Are you maybe being played a little bit? Right? Mm. Um, so it's this whole thing. And and Alexander King was always a part of this process that brought in this idea that you could map nature, you could map the future based upon mathematical projections. You take what trends exist now, you presume that's always what will be as the current, let's say, you know, human beings have this many people, we have this many, this, our knowledge base allows us to call these, you know, list of things resources. And based on the space we have physically limited on the face of the earth, you could say, okay, we could project when we're going to have a population crisis and act now preemptively on that future crisis, which all of these models said, you know, by 2050, we're all dead. And so they began in the early 70s, modifying all of human society's behavior and values in a heavy way after Bobby Kennedy was killed towards preparing the next generation to be the, the SS Green Gestapos, the people who became, you know, Unfortunately, the millennials got the heaviest doses of this self-hating, we are a virus killing mother Gaia conditioning using back, bad science to, to justify it, who are, the uh, again, the Greta Thunberg uh, age bracket. This is like the, the core group of that has been targeted right. to be the, the people who have no love for human, that, not that they don't want to, they have a lot of empathy, but they, their minds have been so made mushy that their empathy their desire for a clean world and all of these things and, and like equal rights for all genders, as many as you could possibly count. Um, it's been so detached from truthfulness that they are made instruments for a fascist will that they don't understand, which they could understand if they had a proper classical humanist 
education and culture, as we were saying from the beginning, if you have a proper cultural and educational base, which unites the maturation of your mind, of, of your logical powers of, of critical thinking in harmony with your aesthetical powers of judging beauty and ugliness, if those are being cultivated in harmony, then you would be able to cut through all of the flowery fascism or my, my, my friend, uh, Jim Jatris, he calls it rainbow fascism. You'd be able to cut through that immediately because you could see that as uh, even though this sounds nice, I want to save nature. I want a clean world. The effect I can, I can understand will be a massive kill of human beings from eight, 9 billion today to like, you know, you could, if you spread green new deal policies around the world, um, you could maybe sustain, if you're lucky, maybe a billion. Yeah. And you could prove that that's true scientifically. But if you're, if your mind is just so turned into a computer and your heart is, is just detached, right? Your empathy is detached from your mind because it doesn't work. You don't know what your mind is. It's just a, a calculating machine. Then, um, yeah, you'll go along with anything. You'll, you will not be able to see past the surface appearance of beauty to the actual either ugliness or real beauty that exists below and at the cause of things. So yeah, we have to really, really think about, well, what has been kept from us? Because when you look at John F. Kennedy's culture, you look at his, listen to his speeches, listen to Martin Luther King's speeches. You can see very clearly that these figures were willing to accept death. I won't say joyfully, but they were, they were much happier doing that than living a life where they disobeyed their conscience and they were, they were saturated in Plato. They had references, a living reference to Homer and Aeschylus to the classical music of Mozart, of Brahms, of Beethoven. They had that. They, and they, they worked on communicating that to their, the people listening to them um, to make people want to also explore that more difficult kind of culture. It's not as easy to, I mean, if you're, if you got a culture of video games, it's obviously easier to do the video games and the drugs than it is to uh, listen to 45 minutes of Mozart's Requiem. It's, it's much more, it's much more challenging uh, to do that, or it's easier to read, let's say an X-Men or Spider-Man or, or Superman comic with Superman, you know, having uh, bisexual relationships and stuff, which is now. No, no, no. He's full yeah. on gay now. Full on gay. Okay. He Lois Lane. Was that just a? Uh, well, that, that, well, it's it, this is because you know DC or, and Marvel's or, gotten Louis, confusing. Louis, Louis Lane now. Yeah, yeah. It, you know DC and Marvel's gotten confusing. They have like each. Uh, I mean, the traditional Superman that we know, he's in one universe, but this new gay Superman is in another universe, and he in that universe, he's the son of of Kal El. He's the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane. So he's Superman, technically Superboy, but goes by Superman, and he has like a his superpower is that he has a rainbow shooting out of his ass as he flies. I'm surprised that they I mean, I'm joking about the rainbow part, but you get the idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that they. I mean, Superman is still a bit of a controversial term. I'm surprised they didn't just call it Super Person. Oh yeah, say. Super Person. He needs. You know. You know what? We should. We should do that. We should write to DC and and demand. That they change the name Superman to Super Person or Super Them or Super Zim or Super, super Zier. Super Zier. Yeah. Super Zier. <laughs> I am look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Super Zier. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh so I mean, yeah. God. Ah, we're turning too much. So it's, 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 it's not sustainable. Um, and, you know, Dmitry Orlov, he did a really good little piece, I think it was published on the Saker, where he just made the point, it's not like Russia or China had to do very much to get to this point now, no. um, where they're generally creatively flanking left and right, the rules-based orderistas. Um, they, it's literally, they didn't have to do much. Russia has like one uh, and a half news channels in the Western sphere, you know, like China, they're, they don't. Oh, yeah, but they took $10,000. They took out ten thousand dollars in Facebook ads and and collapsed an entire democracy. Oh yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, yeah. They didn't have to do much. It's just that they had to just sort of survive creatively long enough for the effects of this mass self stupidification to undo its own existence, and that's what we're seeing happening. It's not sustainable. It's it's cannibalizing itself. You you know you you can't maintain. The, the sorts of people who they need to have as the next generation technocrats managing this rules-based order. The problem is these technocrats have themselves been conditioned 
by the very artificial synthetic culture and, and educational brainwashing schemata that they put on all of their victims. So now you got a whole bunch of lobotomized, morally uh, incompetent, you know, um, emotionally stunted, emotionally stunted managers that <laughs> don't know how to think creatively when they're dealing with a real human being from Asia or Russia. Um, so it, it's self it's self cannibalizing. And, and it, again, P Putin is cultured, he he is immersed himself in Pushkin, who is sort of like the patriot uh, oh, poet absolutely. of Russia. Um, the famous and, black poet of Russia, Pushkin. The famous black poet of Russia, yeah. His dad Those racist like, Russians, how dare they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Their national poetic hero is a black guy. A black man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and China is completely revived. They they've gotten past their their cultural insane revolution under the Gang of Four yeah, and Mao of the '60s and '70s. They got over that. They're reviving Confucianism now. That's like a Confucian Renaissance is happening, um, where you're. I mean, the the Maoist Red Brigades, which is sort of what our young today are being sort of conditioned in their own way to become. We're all about destroying everything old. Buddhist temples destroyed. Confucian temples and books burned. Um, teachers of anything that smelled of the old, even like Mozart, teachers who were teaching music, were imprisoned um, or in many cases killed. And that was just a total destruction of their own. It was a reset. And again, this is what the, the past 30 years, especially in China, has been to recover from this. Um, and you you actually have a resituation of the historic identity. This multi thousands of year generational civilization is being revived in full form with a look to the future. Russia is doing the same thing. Their the, their history books they're not allowing the rewriting of history the way we are. Um, and and it's a full blown real Christian ethic, which is very synergistic with the true Confucian principles of of Ren of the idea of a, of a harmony, a mandate of heaven, a harmony of God's law and man's law, which was what uh, you had St. Augustine write extensively about in City of God. This is an idea that is deeply impressed in both Christian and Chinese cultural matrices. Um, it's there in Islam where you have now Iran is the third pillar of this new multipolar alliance. Um, and again, that's another major civilization that is coming into harmony. And all of the best attributes of their civilizations are coming to the fore and serving as the basis for how they negotiate the minefields, which is the only way to do it. And we don't have that. We're all we're all being told our past is written and made by racist, dead white European obsolete males, um, which are irrelevant for the modern age. That's what we've all been told. So we, we our connection to Plato, to Augustine, to Cicero, to Dante, it's all been cut off. We're not allowed to read the original writings of the founding. I've got one of the, the coolest libraries because for a while, I didn't tell you this, but I, for a while I was working at a, at a college and uh, the, the, the library at the college was throwing out, they were, they were making room for a meditation space um, and they were throwing out something like 20% of their, of their inventory. And I was going through one day to work and I was just like looking at this, this endless trove of books. And what did I find? The collected works of Abraham Lincoln were all going to be going in the shredder. Um, Erasmus's collected works, Schiller, all of these original writings, they were all throwing them out so that nobody could access original writings of Benjamin Franklin, who I have up there. Um, so they're trying to consciously do a, a modern day burning of the Library of Alexandria. Yep. I mean, exactly I made out pretty well uh, out of that, but God, you know, how many other schools across North America and, and Europe are doing this? How many all libraries are purging this way? All of them. All of them. Yeah. And they're it's saying, oh, you know, we've digitized everything. Google Google has digitized all these books, so we don't need to have physical, obsolete, uh, hard copies. They're bad for nature anyway. They Yeah, so this way you can just control, alt, delete them when they're no longer favorable for us. You know? Exactly. 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 Very well said. Matt, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's always fun. When you and I could just freestyle it and uh, rattle off some great ideas, and you've made some powerful, powerful points. We need to escape from the self-cannibalizing system. And again, folks, get over to Matthew Eric's web pages over at CanadianPatriot.org, CanadianPatriot.org, as well as the RisingTideFoundation.net. Make sure you purchase his books and make sure you subscribe to his Substack. There's that book right there. Order it. 
Order it for your family. It's a beautiful cover, very classical. It's going to look great to your lost loved ones and those who are seeking answers and understanding what real history is all about. Get Matthew's book. Give them a kick in the nuts. Make them wake up. And with that being said, CJ, take it away. <laughs>